Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Hello, everybody. Well, this is a special occasion. It is our 40th virtual chat right here on Hue. And notice the lovely red fields of poppies. Red is the special color of the day today because Winnipeg, Manitoba, and the entire province have gone under critical code red. Well, it's just kind of some language that we have become accustomed to. We live our lives according to color. But today we are celebrating about the poppy and Remembrance Day, which is tomorrow. And it brings, I guess, a lot of different feelings and, you know, feelings of anxiety. Uh, So we're going to find out how the Remembrance Day services are going to be celebrated or not and talk about, of course, Code Red. So let's open the doors to all of our beautiful guests here on our Hue virtual chat. Oh, Nicole. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Charlotte. Hey, I guess we're going to get used to having long hair again, Charlotte. Oh. <laughs> Air salons oh, closed. Know, it, it was oh. interesting. Um, Tracy, just quickly, I, I got a heads up from my hairdresser saying she had heard rumblings and do, you, do I need a quick hair, hairdo tomorrow night? And uh, I just said oh. I can't. And so, yeah, I guess we're going to have long bangs and roots. <laughs> I think we should bring on some hairstylists, I think, just to give us some tips on, you know, especially the bang trim, because, yeah, same thing. My stylist says, don't you dare cut your bangs. I said, oh, <laughs> well, and hi, Sheena. Nice to meet you. Hello. Nice to meet you, too. Oh, I just yes, realized well, that my I'm poppy here. isn't in view. I think I need to move it up. <laughs> well, you know, I can't be on here talking about Remembrance Day and veterans and have my poppy too low to be in view. <laughs> oh, and I think there Ron, we go. Yeah, so I know it's been kind of a crazy morning. As I was telling, I'm texting Nicole. I'm saying, "Oh, we're in code red. Everything's getting shut down again." Oh, so uh, it is what it is, I guess. And I don't know. And that I think, obviously you know, our chats will continue, I think, because it's almost like, well, is it just going to be the same (laughs) like we were? Or how is it going to be, you know, different second time around? There she is. Hello, Rana. Look at that. Beautiful hair. Oh, girl. And our, oh, bad news though, eh? Hair salons closed for four weeks. So you better run to the, (laughs) you're going to have to unmute yourself, Rana. Oh, I was saying I just got a cut yesterday, so I'm fine. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, yay. (laughs) How's everyone? Oh, good, good, good. Well, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some more folks joining us. So, but anyways, I wanted to talk first and foremost about Remembrance Day 
And I know that uh, my dear friends at Deer Lodge Center, I know things have heightened so much. And I know that's been so much confusion, not only for the staff and yourselves, but you know, especially for the veterans. So I'd like to introduce um, Sheena Workington from Deer Lodge Center. So uh, Sheena, fill us in on how Remembrance Day will still happen at Deer Lodge. Sure. Um, the team here between recreation, spiritual health services, and volunteer services has come together to still make Remembrance Day happen for the residents. Uh, we normally would have had a large gathering on the main floor of our building with speakers and music and hundreds of people all coming together for this event to recognize the veterans. And obviously that's not something that we're able to do right now. So we have a lovely display that has been put up. We have different uniforms and artifacts that we keep archived and we've brought those out for Remembrance Day to put on display. We have a series of um, small Canada flags that are in our flower beds out front so that we have a bit of a visual outside. And then we have had an amazing team put together a virtual Remembrance Day service. So we've had involvement from 17 Wing, the base that's close to us. We have a strong relationship with them and a really great history with them. Um, they partnered with us as well as several elected officials, um, several current residents, some of whom are veterans and some are spouses of veterans. And we have this lovely video that was put together that will be shared with all of the residents on Remembrance Day. So they will still have the speeches that would have been shared, some of the personal memories, you know, reading of in Flanders Fields, um, the RCAF band played O Canada and God Save the Queen. And all of this has been compiled together into a really beautiful video to pay tribute to those who sacrificed so much for us. Oh, well, you know, that is so wonderful to hear. Uh, Nicole and, you know, Sheena too, what is sort of, I guess, the environment at Deer Lodge Center? You know, I, you know and, I, and I'm sure it's going to change too over, but in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, especially the veterans as this special day, you know, is happening tomorrow. Um, one of the veterans in particular stopped by my office. My office is in the physio department. Uh, that's one of the areas that I manage. And one of the veterans stopped by my door after taping his portion of the video. And he was so pleased and so grateful for this opportunity to still be involved and still be able to recognize and acknowledge Remembrance Day. And it was just wonderful to have a chat with him about his experience filming the video and how um, he's looking forward to seeing all of the other residents' contributions, uh, the various dignitaries' contributions. Uh, so I think everyone is really coming together to make the most of the situation and teamwork has been incredible in making things happen and continuing to ensure we have 
a really great experience for all of our residents here. Oh, well, we know we're so happy to hear that. And we give send all of our love to all of the veterans and all the residents at Deer Lodge Center. And uh, I guess, Nicole, too, I mean, things have been going on for the foundation there. You know, you've been managing <laughs> miraculously right through all of this pandemic. You just have to unmute, Nicole. There we are. Oh, can yes. you hear me now? There you yes. go. Yes. Uh, we've had um, we've had a, a wonderful campaign this year because it was the seventy. It is the seventy fifth anniversary of the end of the Second World War. We launched a campaign. We had so many events planned, and then they, of course, they all fell through. So we came up with another way to recognize the veterans and. Um, do a bit of a fundraiser at the same time and it's called a thousand thank yous and uh, we were quite successful with it and then we've also had the opportunity to just give a little bit of a boost for it at this time uh, of year right now uh, we put some ads in the paper and then we're active on social media with it and so we're very very happy that we're able to get some funds for for that campaign and we're also able to recognize the veterans which is very very near and dear to our hearts of course so we're managing. Uh, <laughs> well, that is so good. We're managing. Well, you know, it is interesting because there is an article in the, in the paper the other day interviewing a veteran, and he was just saying, ah, oh, he, he laughed. He says, I, I'm just waiting for the next Remembrance Day next year, he said. He said, <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we've been so scared about wars and everything like this, and now we're, we're fighting a virus and sort of making that analogy and wow, it was, it was quite a, an eye-opener as we kind of always go back to, you know, the horrors of war. But hey, we're kind of obviously living in our own modern day war, you know, with this virus. It's, it's just, you know, it's devastating. So um, I don't know, ladies, anybody want to join in in that conversation? Um, I know, like, I've had the opportunity of listening to a, a few amazing um war stories and, and of history with the veterans, but uh, it was a very interesting take, I thought. Gina? So my husband's uh, aunt, my husband's aunt is actually at Deer Lodge and oh. she served in the Royal Canadian Air Force. Her name is Noreen and she's lovely. Oh. And uh, she has some great stories about her time there, obviously being a woman and, you know, all the um, things that were against her, but how she managed to, you know, overcome and really not just serve her country, but to, you know, uh, put forth a new vision of what women could do in, you know, in that time. And so she is a great lady and has so many wonderful stories. And yeah, we always go to Remembrance Day services um, as a family. So this year it's gonna be different, but it doesn't have to be any less meaningful. No, wow, amazing. And I wanna welcome Diana. Hello, Diana, Diana Linick. Welcome to our Hue virtual chat. Diana, we were just uh, talking about Remembrance Day and especially Remembrance Day services at Deer Lodge Center. and. It's, you know, we're all so happy that, you know, there will be some sort of celebration as I guess everybody knows now we are back into code red, critical code red. Uh, so total shutdown uh, for four weeks. So once again, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll be talking like this. I was just hoping, you know, in Rana's here and everything. I was just thinking about when will be that day where we can all be in one room and we can all share a glass of wine and, you know, be 
having these conversations, you know, without looking at each other in a square box. And I thought that might be coming sooner than later, but uh, don't think anytime soon. So I want to actually now, ladies, part of it is also talking about when we talk about minimalist or minimalization, my mind automatically goes to my house and getting rid of junk and, you know, you know, getting rid of all the crap and making everything streamlined. Well, I never thought that you could apply it to business, but this brilliant young woman, Diana, who is, I guess, officially an engineer, but she's much more than that, has her own uh, business and will tell us now more on what it means to be a business minimalist. And I might've changed that around Diana, but um, you know what, I want you first and foremost too, to share with us your story because Diana's real story is uh, again, a story of real courage, of dedication and passion that she has now created, you know, this life for her here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which didn't start in Winnipeg, it started in Columbia. So Diana, I don't want to say anything more. Please share your story with the rest of us. Diana, you'll have to unmute yourself. It's only, yeah, okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. yes thank you. Uh, yes, thank you so much for the same invitation. I'm very excited to be here. Just to, uh, I just want to offer an apology. The system wasn't working, so I had to switch my computer right away. So that's why a little bit of the delay. And so, yes, um, the journey started in Colombia. I'm originally from Colombia. For some people, maybe they are familiar, South America. It's a very poor country, and I happen to be born in a very poor family also. And my childhood, unfortunately, was also marked by a lot of violence in my house because my father was um, alcoholic and he was abusive with my mother. And that's kind of like the life that I had in Colombia. Later on, um, because we didn't have resources to actually pay for university, um, I decided to uh, attempt a, 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 an opportunity in a public university. And that's what happened. And what I um, ended up doing is applying to engineering, although I wanted to become a journalist, but I tried that route and it happened. So. I finished the degree and then I came to Canada and it was uh, like very, very difficult because I didn't know the language when I came here. So I had to learn the language. I had to start from zero, from zero, even though I finished my degree and I had some experience and uh, it was very difficult. Then also later on, I started a relationship and um, I had a partner, we had a kid. But I had to go also through a separation, which was a very hard uh, situation to deal with in a foreign country with a kid. And by the time I didn't have a job, I actually have worked in many different positions. I work as a financial advisor. I work as an interpreter. Um, I work as a mortgage broker. Uh, I did all of these things and also eventually got a job in engineering with the government. But I did all of these things and nothing was so hard for me or so challenging for me as it was the fact of being alone, without family, no resources, and with a kid in a foreign country. That situation took me to a very, very like hard 
aspect of myself to study how is that the next time that I go through a very big challenge, I can actually um, face it in a different way. And anyways, later on, I got a job and I was able to continue sustaining the family. And also even later on, after a series of, you know, journaling, I love journaling. I think that that's a very powerful tool. After a series of, you know, a little understanding of myself, I finally found a person that had all the descriptions that I wrote um, early on in my diary of how I wanted a person for me, like the kindness and all of these uh, attributes. And it's unbelievable how, um, at least in my life, it presented itself as basically like the realization of that very same dream that I decided to write down. So I met this gentleman, he's the kindest person that I've met in my whole life. And um, it's, you know, like as women, it's very difficult for us to um, think that we're going to meet someone who is going to accept our son, you know, when he's not his son, and that he's going to love him in the same way, or that he's going to even, you know, respect our relationship with the son and, and love us as if we were started the relationship from the beginning together and that was my limitation in my mind I always thought and because my father was very violent I always thought that that was not possible that those things don't happen but still I didn't want to be alone and I wanted a, a, a father for my kid so I continue you know trusting or allowing the life to unfold in the way that it needed to be unfold and I discovered that this person was exactly what I um wrote down in my diary and in the journey also uh, as a professional you know when we have kids we are faced with this situation of how can we fulfill the role of mothers and how can we fulfill the role of professionals in a way that is fulfilling both at the same time that is very challenging at least for me it was. And in the job that I had, unfortunately, it required me to work sometimes 12 hours. And sometimes you're not going to believe me even 14 hours because I was starting out in the job in engineering. And sometimes I had to be in roads working all of those hours. So I did it at that time because I needed to provide for my son and I was single with a, with a kid. But in my mind, I always thought I have to go out of this. So later on in my life, I found this amazing, um, I was very overwhelmed and I found this philosophy of what is called minimalism, which is how you can maximize these things that are aligned with your own purpose and intention and minimize the things that distracts you from that purpose and intention. So my purpose and intention was to always be able to inspire or to share my knowledge or to uh, help other people or even women with my own situation. Uh, but of course, I was not going to be able to do it doing exactly what I was doing in the job because that very thing was removing me from the opportunity to know more people and to share, you know, everything that I know. So... Uh, through minimalism, I started to apply it, first of all, at home, because I realized my, my home was super cluttered. And at some point, I realized, which this is true for me, I'm not going to generalize, but for me, I realized that my home was the reflection of my mind. 
and because my mind was so confused and that I thought that these material things could give me fulfillment, of course, as a result, I started to accumulate things. And with my husband, we had this amazing project of declaring the house. It was a very difficult journey because my husband also got stuff from his uh, dad that he had, you know, like uh, lawn mowers and all of those things. Like the garage was super crowded. You know, men love to have tools and stuff. Like you open the garage and it's like a main, main, main cave. And there were so many unnecessary things in the house. And with toys, I was overwhelmed with toys. So I said, no, I have to, we have to do this. We did it. And the result was very beautiful because we actually create, created the systems that were needed for that. We studied for that together. We applied. And as a result, we are in a place that now is streamlined, that is relaxing, that we have exactly what we need, that the kids don't have more than what they need. And uh, we have more time for ourselves. That's for sure. Before I would be overwhelmed of having to cook, having to finish job, the, the work, right? Coming home and clean and maintain the house and cleaning all the time. So I didn't want that for my life. So we decided to apply it and it was fantastic. But before when I was applying my expertise in engineering, I was also working with what is called lean management uh, or lean thinking. And this is a Japanese philosophy in business. And it started with Toyota. I guess that anybody has heard about Toyota, like the, the make for cars. This is where this philosophy started. And it started in the manufacturing industry. So what I did is that I saw the similarities between the model of lean thinking in business and the minimalist philosophy. So what I did is that I merged these two and we started to apply this philosophy in businesses, which is more of, of a philosophy, I'd say, but it's also a very, very specific methodology to be applied. Just like as we create a system to get rid of the clutter at home, is the system to get rid of the clutter in a business that when it's created, when there is clutter, uh, it presents itself in the way of additional activities that are not adding value to the profitability or are not, or are not adding value to the final goal of customer satisfaction. So the journey has been very, very rough, very difficult. But uh, at the end of the day, we are all in this amazing and beautiful journey of life. And I just love to be able to, to share this and to collaborate with anybody who wants to collaborate and, you know, share our journeys. I'm very, very excited to be sharing this with you. So thank you for listening. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Diana, for sharing. And, you know, please, in our chat room, uh, write down uh, your website and any kind of social media, too, as well. And Diana also has a podcast, too. So she, um, you have a lot. You have a lot to give, Diana, and a lot to share. But um, yes, I mean, Kristen, you're nodding your head. <laughs> In agreement? Yes. Yeah, um, I just, I love that whole idea of, uh, I'm, I'm not very good at, uh, at decluttering and, and minimal um, things in my home, but um, it, it sure sounds, um, it sure sounds peaceful and it sounds, um, really attractive and as you're speaking i'm just making a couple notes 
I'm going to get some boxes before uh, we get into the shutdown and I'm going to start to <laughs> declutter a little bit. So that's on my list today. <laughs> Yay, what a story, awesome. great story. And I, I like how there's a, um, what a journey and, and it uh, has a, um, a thread of a love story in that too, not only with your son, but with your husband. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> thank you so much yes i also have a podcast so maybe we can exchange stories in that podcast of real women like you here in winnipeg that would be beautiful <laughs> rana it's so good to see you and i don't know if you need to declutter but uh, uh you know yes. how oh, it's, it's, oh, it's, <laughs> no you know what's um just similarities because while, while adani you were speaking i was thinking of all the things that um, even in my own business that brought me peace. And one of them was streamlining everything um, and taking away things uh, that didn't actually add value, but just took up time. Right. Um, so, and I, and it's weird. And I know people aren't going to really maybe because we're all kind of in this pandemic mode, but I find that even during the pandemic, people coming home and starting to work from home um, that's been it's not ideal for some people, but for me, it's actually worked out quite nicely. You know, um, like I'm kind of enjoying that part of it. Um, I only go kind of to check the mail to the office, but I don't really work out of the office. Uh, but I find myself way more productive. Um, I'm taking away time that I was using to kind of the commutes gone, the extra time that you can really uh, contribute to your business is, is now really focused on the work. Um, but yeah, your, your story is so beautiful. You're, you're incredibly inspiring. You know, I was kind of smiling the whole time. I'm like, rock star, rock star. <laughs> it's, it's pretty impressive. So, and it's beautiful to see you. And uh, I'm definitely going to check out your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's very, very exciting. It's, as you mentioned, it's super interesting because in business, it's like the same. There are actually systems that can help us to decide because when we try to get a new system, a new platform, a new strategy, a new method, we don't do the actual thinking of, is this going to actually help me to that profitability goal or to that final uh, purpose goal? We sometimes get, as when we go to the mall, sometimes we don't have the intention to buy a jacket or for some reason we end up with jacket, shoes, shirt and everything else. So it's because we don't do that question. We don't make that question of intentionality. So when we do it in business, it transforms the whole system, how we operate in the business. And the other way um, I feel that this is very, very useful is that usually in business, when we are a designer, for example, an interior designer, a graphic designer, or whoever, a consultant, we know our expertise or a lawyer, we know our expertise and we decide to start our own agency, our own film. That's exciting. But then we hit a wall when we realize, wait a minute, I am the expert in this, but I didn't know how to get all of these sales, how to manage people, how to manage the accounting, how to manage all of these things that are around a business. So it's almost having to go to school to study another degree, which is business. But it's, it's not that, that, that far. There are ex, um, actually ways that we can use as that lean thinking that you're doing also um, about that is all around how can I make all, this, all the processes that work inside my business more efficient 
And in order to make them more efficient, we have to reduce the resources that are, we are using. And by that, we, we just do it through asking ourselves, is that necessary? Doing these steps or these new activities are really necessary because most of the times we do things because they got into the habits and we don't evaluate them. But when we evaluate them, we realize, oh, wait a minute, we were doubling, doubling these type of activities. Somebody else is also doing this. Why two people is doing the same? We are spending more hours doing this when we can do the process you know, faster, shorter. So we reduce resources in all that way. It's a very long topic, but I'm super passionate about that. It's very useful, actually. Especially well, yeah. in these times that there is a lot of noise. Um, well, Charlotte, too, I mean, all what Diana's saying, too, may be working well with mental health, right? You know, we talk about that decluttering your mind, decluttering your life, now decluttering your business. Hey, we should be all like <laughs> balance. The idea yeah. is to be in balance. So that's why these two cannot go separated. Usually, we think of a business as an entity totally separated of, of the leader. But in my opinion, the business as the home is a reflection of that leader, that person that is there behind giving life to that business or to that home. So that's why it invites us to look inside ourselves and to realize what things in our life we are getting additional that are not necessary. We feel always very distracted by the idea that with more money, necessarily, we are going to be happier. But that is totally not true. There are many things, experiences, for example, when we are with our kids, playing with them, with the family, sharing, we take them for granted. But those very moments, those presents are very, you know, rare, actually. Because at any moment we can, we can die. That is a reality. We just don't like to go to that extreme of thinking about that, but it's real. So if it's real that maybe tomorrow I die, then I should better be taking advantage of this very moment with my kids. So staying in the present is also the result of trying to minimize in your life. Why? Because you realize that the things that you thought that were important are not important anymore. So then you become more intentional with every moment and with every action that you take in your life and as a result in your business. Wow. So was the uh, results finally from the election on the weekend? Maybe that is going to be like propelling all women to be a little bit more appreciative and live in the moment. Susie, how, how did you celebrate? Or did you? I don't know. No, celebrate is the right word. I won't be able to celebrate until January 20th, 2021. So I feel like I'm just kind of in this place fully. <laughs> I know, I know. Hi, Charlotte. How, does, uh, how did your brother uh, celebrate? Or did he? Or, oh, and your mom. Oh, your mom was, she can't vote. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know what, I think that everybody is taking uh, Susie's approach, you know, optimistic, waiting for that January date for when it's all said and done and, and the new chapter begins. Um, yeah, I, we're, all, uh, we're all pleased that uh, the healing in, in the United States is going to start, so, you know. Yeah, we it's, hope. Uh, yeah, we hope. So and the stock market went crazy up 
<laughs> so they're all pleased with that. So he's busy at work, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and Rana, I guess you were happy. Yes, um, <clears throat> definitely happy, but not to be the bummer in all in every conversation. But you know, there's a lot of people who voted for that guy. Like there's a lot of people who voted for the other guy. So it kind of makes you still feel icky inside that although, yes, you have that Barris, um, Barris, uh, Harris, Biden, when you still have this entire group of people uh, who potentially believe uh, in very, you know, and I'll just be, you know, sexist, racist, homophobic, um, <clears throat> othering uh, of people mentality. So that type of thing kind of still makes me feel icky. And I'm kind of with Susie uh, and, and Charlotte as well. I mean, we really don't know what this is going to, how this is going to progress. Uh, you have a person who may not really think like, like a normal leader would think um, and ultimately feels entitled, entitled to this win without even winning. So um, I don't believe this is going to be a smooth transition at all. I think there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of issues that are going to arise just within this transition. But on, on a whole, um, you know what? I think it's better for the world. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a lot of things changing and a lot of legislative legislative changes. You know, hopefully reuniting those those hundreds of children who are separated from their parents. Um, hopefully, uh, the ban on Muslim countries. Uh, not allowing people to come into the country. Hopefully those get lifted. Uh, a, a proper response to COVID, hopefully that gets uh, you know taken care of. So there's a lot of things that really have to happen immediately. Um, because, you know, I've said this a million times, we are not in, in this little silo. We, we are very much connected to each other. Anything that happens, whether it's in Canada, in the States, uh, they affect everywhere. Uh, it definitely affects everywhere in the world. So uh, these things really matter. Because I did see some people saying, oh, well, you know, it's the States, it doesn't matter. Well, no, no, everything matters, right? Like all these leadership matters, leaders matter. So, um, and, and how they approach governance and how they approach legislation and policy. Uh, these are incredibly important things because they affect us all in some way or another. Um, but also, I mean, I think it's really important to give a shout out to um, you know, uh, the first female, uh, you know, woman of color VP, uh, it's a pretty big deal. You know, uh, I think that that's a, that's a beautiful thing as well. So that's pretty wicked to see. And I think we can celebrate that. So regardless yeah. of everything else, we can definitely celebrate that. So sorry, yeah. long, can, long thing, but it's politics and you know how I get it. celebrate that. Yeah. yeah and to, no. to build on what you just said, Rana, I think too, um, that we have to thank the black women and the black women communities for really getting out the vote and for really changing what that electorate looked like in this election cycle. And they're still gonna be doing lots of hard work as they head into the um, elections that are still to come from Georgia. So Stacey Abrams and all of her work there and all of her, um, all of her supporters and everybody who's helping her fight that fight, huge kudos to them because this is no doubt their work and the results of their hard work. So we really need to acknowledge that. Yeah. Jump in, but I think that, um, you know, just Susie on that part, right? Um, I think that, you know, as we move forward, um, as elections kind of come up, um, you know, whether it's civic, municipal, provincial, prime minister, whatever it is, whether wherever it is, we need females leading the charge on that because we can organize, right? 
managing campaigns um, is an incredible part of politics. And sometimes people don't really realize how incredibly important it is, but that's, that's, you know, like, yes, you know, huge shout out to the black women and any woman who ever takes a role in managing campaigns and getting good people elected, because that is something that we need to be doing. Uh, because when you do it, you are also influencing policy, um, how they're relating to other people, it, it, it changes the entire dynamic uh, of the political system. So I'm a big proponent of that. I think people need to get out there and whether you have the expertise or not, grab onto the skills that you have and start figuring out how to be involved in the management of campaigns, whether the candidate is a female or a male. As long as you can believe in them, we can support all the women for sure. But sometimes it's just not going to be a situation where there are women that you can support. So get on board, get those, uh, get those um, people in, in power, you know, and, you know, just going back to the black women, of course, because they had the skill set, they knew what to do, they had the passion, they did it, you know, and it worked. Yeah, no, big kudos. I want to switch it up now, like, okay, so the announcement was that we are going now back into code red, critical, I'm going to give it over to Nicole, like, what does that mean? Again, I, through all of this too, uh, the staff, and I don't know if, if Sheena is still with us, but I mean, this, the staff too are so important um, and management too as well in this critical time. Well, it's a, it's a critical time, as you mentioned, uh, Tracy, and of course, everyone is extra cautious and uh, the leadership here is outstanding and uh, all precautions are being taken. And so it'll be a re reduction of visitations, of course, and uh, I'll be hearing about it at 1230. There's a meeting that I have to attend. So it, you'll know more about more restrictions, but uh, there was a time that it was two visitors per resident. Now it's down to one. So we may see further reductions on that. And uh, we have active screening here as staff come in to the building and uh, the foundation, myself, my staff are all working remotely so that we can ensure nothing comes in and nothing goes out so that we keep everybody as safe as possible. Yeah, no, and, and Sheena just left a note that she obviously had to leave. And yeah, I know it's yeah. gonna be a busy day, I think, yeah, for you, for all of you there at Deer Lodge. So, you know, stay safe, please. Thanks. And, uh, you know, send all our love to the veterans there. I and, know, thank and, you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know it must be confusing times too for them too as well. Yeah, and they're lonely, you know, some of them, you know, some of your favorites, Tracy, that we, yeah. we do see on a regular basis, you know, they, they are struggling and, but, you know, they're tough and there's there's example to be taken from them. They have endured things. They have witnessed things in their lives that we can, we can only imagine or, or not even imagine. And so when they say, you know, keep keep your head up and it'll it'll be fine. We'll get through this. They're right. And we just got to we just got to stay focused and do what needs to be done, because that's what they did. They did what needed to be done. So we just got to follow suit and, and do the same. Yes. And obviously, I guess we haven't been doing our job very well. <laughs> we were just saying we were talking about in the summer, we were zero cases for 13 days. And now in the past two weeks, we've uh, like skyrocketed to 2000. Like it's, it's really, it's quite unbelievable. And I was asking to, I think, ladies, I wanted your thoughts. Is this lockdown now? It will it be just a little bit of the same? Will it be different than the first one, Charlotte? 
gosh, I'm just, my, my head's going back to that what, March 14th when it was like, oh my gosh, um, what does this look like? That's, that's what today's announcement was to me was we're going back to that, you know, not going out, well, for my family, you know, not going out, but maybe once a week to get groceries, but really just hunkering down and, um, and staying put. I, so are we more, are we more prepared then because we've been through it? <laughs> Rana, okay, you be quiet, Rana, because you went to the hairstylist yesterday. <laughs> well, you know, you got to laugh about something, right? Will it be the same for you, uh, Rana? Because you said you're kind of quite Pollyanna. No, won't be the no, same. no. I think I think I'm done. I think I need to be around my people. I think that um, you know. Uh, I'm a very extrovert. I, I need to be around people, you know, basically every night was my lifestyle. Um, so I just, and, and, you know, we're, we have a grieving family, right? We had a big loss. So we're still, we're still dealing with that and not being around people is it's horrible. I want my friends. I want to, you know, go hug my girls. I want to go be with people and, you know, talk and have those really intimate conversations that help you heal, but we, you can't have them. So, um, and, and to be honest with you, travel, like, you know, last year I was out six months of the year, you know, I was sitting on a beach somewhere, like it's not, which is just based on work and stuff like that. Um, but I'm just saying like, there's habits that we have created in our life that now we're trying to figure out how to break them. And I think Diana kind of spoke about that, uh, spoke about that, how you start to kind of break old habits. And it's kind of like decluttering, right? Like you got to figure out how your brain's going to you know, deal with this big change. But no, it's not. I don't think it's good. I think it's really upsetting. Um, and frankly, everyone heard me say this a billion times. We had we just kept all the borders shut instead of having like, let's invite the universe in and blah, blah, blah. We would have been fine. We would have gotten through it. You know, we would have managed it's like we were doing really well. Um, and I think people are tired. Um, can I just give a shout out, though, because I think that um, teachers are getting a, a really crappy end of this stick here. Um, as well as healthcare workers. And uh, both my sister and my brother-in-law are both teachers. And uh, the amount of stress, you guys, you know, the amount of stress that they are dealing with, I've never seen uh, two healthy, young individuals at such a breaking point. And then you watch TV and they're like, oh, well, we're gonna, you know, make some center of something. That doesn't help them. They need resources and help right now like um because we're gonna see two years from now we're gonna see i guarantee it and i hate to say this but we're gonna see a lot of teachers just giving up uh leaving the profession uh dealing with mental health crisis uh crises uh suicides people are done you know and, it, and no one's really understanding the, the gravity of how, how serious the situation is but so just to all the teachers um you know like uh you know we see you you know, and, and, and we're hoping for you guys. That's all we could really say. But um, we're not government. So all we can do is support, right? Well, you know what? The doctors did it, I think, a little bit. And I, I believe the teachers did write a letter to the uh, premier too as well. But I guess obviously that's not in their plans to shut down the schools quite yet. But that, I don't know, it might happen. Because that's, you hear more and more uh, talk about the teachers and of course, their mental health, and it's at a crisis situation. So um, that all has to, I uh, hopefully, be accounted for. Diana, too, you've got young kids. 
Um, so this new shutdown, does this, how does this affect you? Um, I, like my point of view is a little bit, always a little bit different. <laughs> I really enjoy this. And honestly, I don't want to, you know, seem like, like I'm happy when other people is unhappy. Um, it's just, I'm going to share honestly what I feel. And is that while I had this dream always, as I, as I explain you, the reason why I started the business actually in the past was because I wanted to be able to fulfill my role as mother and fulfill my profession at the same time. So being at home for me is such a gift. And it's such a gift in the sense that it obligates you to go inside, having more time, you know, being away from distractions to analyze uh, what are the things that I can be working on myself? How can I work more in patience, uh, tolerance, compassion? Um, so I, I've started the practice of mindfulness, which I feel that is super useful for to address all of these problems that we are saying, mental health, that is, in my opinion, the key. Because as long as we start seeing this beautiful journey, how it is, even with suffering and everything, then a sense of peace starts to arise from ourselves. And this is something that I didn't see before during chaos or during the difficult situations that I've been. But for some reason now during this pandemic, this has been my experience to realize of this. So it's been a transformational journey. It's, it's, um, there are things that sometimes we don't see them when, for example, let's say the tragic situation, a family member dies. In that moment, we cannot see the, what is the wisdom that is behind that. But years later, people always recover from those things. For me, that is very hard to recover from that. Like losing a kid, for example, that is like a fear for me. Uh, but I've always spoken also with, with women who have been through that situation and years down the road, like 15 years later, they say they don't have that pain, the same pain anymore. And they say that now they understand why this situation happened. When something is taken away from you, then you realize of other things of you and other beautiful things that you have at the moment. So this pandemic has been in my own experience, this situation. When you don't have those things that we had before, then we get more value for them when we have them. So we, we experience more fulfillment with our relationships, with our family, because we know that at, at any point this can be taken away. It's serious, it's real, you know? So that has been my experience and I love to be at home. I'm not very, I love to have friends, but for some reason it has been my, my, most of my experience online here in Winnipeg because um, I think that I don't, didn't mention it, but I'm kind of new in Winnipeg. I just came here eight months ago. So uh, this has been my life, you know, like it's, it's um, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't have the experience of having a lot of connections and a lot of social life and now being like this, which can be difficult. So for me, it has been a natural transition and I love to be at home. I love to work from home. And I, I think that is a very good gift to give this to women who also might feel inspired to do the same and fulfill their own beautiful roles of being mothers and family members and a professional career women and being fulfilled. Well, hopefully, uh, Diana, you will be able to experience more of Winnipeg. <laughs> 
<laughs> when we get yeah, out yeah. of this pandemic. Um, yeah. Not the greatest eight months to come to Winnipeg, but hey, I guess <laughs> there wouldn't you'd be having it everywhere else you went in around the world. Um, Susie, I wanted to touch base with you too about your family. Um, we had mentioned way back in September when schools were back and kids were excited, but of course that just brought in, and, and you were right, um, you're expanding your bubble and you were they weren't going to see their your grandparents but has that sort how is that situation going and or is that still the same rule no still the same and uh as we enter into this code red on thursday it's not going to improve obviously um my last week was my dad's birthday and my father-in-law's birthday and so i delivered cakes to both of them and that was heart-wrenching because my kids couldn't hug their grandpas and um, I know that's, you know, there's so many people that are dealing with like loss and everything. We're all de dealing with loss in some form, but whatever your reality is, that loss still hurts, right? So whatever you're losing still hurts. Um, but the goal is to keep them safe. The goal is to keep them away from any potential vectors, uh, which unfortunately is my children at this time because they're in schools. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where my life hasn't really changed. I'm still only going grocery shopping and still going out for essentials. I'm, you know, I'm doing FaceTimes with people, you know, we have this, but I'm not, my life is nowhere. Like everybody else is nowhere near back to normal. So um, I was going to go to the mall uh, earlier this week to run an errand. And, you know, as I watch the pressers every day and Dr. Rusin's just like, you know what, if it's not essential, then don't go. And it was an, it was an errand for my, for my son, but it's just like, yeah, you know what, maybe now is not the time to go. So maybe I'll just stay home and see if I can figure this out over, you know, um, Twitter tech support or something like that. So the challenges remain, but um, if we want to make it to Christmas, we need to heed this latest uh, code red and the directives that go along with it. And um, we need to be vigilant and we need to be, you know, I'm going to echo Dr. Rusin again, wear your mask, wash your hands, stay away from people, you know? Every time you do that, you help everybody else. Yeah, but I don't know. That's been the same mantra since March. Well, maybe not March, but, you know, throughout the summer and everything like that, that was beginning. Okay, to start so then I will add to that, Tracy. Yeah. I will add to that. Stop looking for loopholes. Okay, we talked about this when this first started. This entire time, there have been people looking for loopholes. And there have been people who've been gathering in their driveways or whatever it might be. And it's just like, you know what? Those loopholes are killing people. Those loopholes are putting people at risk. And every time you think that you're special enough to qualify for a loophole, you're telling everybody who goes into a hospital or a personal care home or an essential service that their work does not matter. And that's offensive. That's offensive to me. And that's cruel to these people who are putting themselves on the front lines every single day. You're not a loophole. You're not special. Stay in your house, stop socializing. That's it. Boom. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I have my resting bitch face on when I say that, right? But it's so true. Sorry, okay, so that's it. Oh my God, because you know what? I, I am going to take a little uh, break to whatever. We're working on a, on a new show. And actually, this is probably the best time to, to work on it. Um, Rana and Susie have been my my. Uh, friends in arms or whatever. So Susie, we are taking clips from our Zoom chats. And I think that, uh, I think I have a, like about 10 from you. I think my favorite yeah. was, was oh, just don't be racist. <laughs> I mean, we have to, um, we have to use it for our chat on Thursday. So ladies, I know that I think I feel in my heart, we should still have 
that special conversation as planned to go on Thursday. It, it is a Zoom. Um, and I think now more than ever, uh, the issues of racism and the whole mental health and wellness through this whole pandemic now has even reached a higher point um, because what people tend to do, right, in times of panic and fear is point fingers, um, say things that they, number one, don't have a lot of information about, and number two, are speaking out of their own fear and doubt and uncertainty. Um, so, yes, yeah, so please, Diana, we're having this special conversation on Thursday at 7 o'clock. We'll be live on Facebook. Um, so, and some really important people in the community that, you know, otherwise probably we would never be all together at the same time, but this chat will continue. What happened to Susie? Oh, she had to jump off. <laughs> oh, she had to jump off. Okay. <laughs> she said her piece and boom. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, Diana, thank you so much for sharing your story. And it's always, you know, uh, in this kind of gray and kind of not so nice time. It's, it's great to hear a story of hope, a story of happiness. Uh, and especially you've been only here for eight months, you know, I'm hoping that the next eight months are far better and that you can experience all the wonderful things in our city and get to know people too as well. But uh, I think you truly do have a gift of being able to share your knowledge and, and like it is like with all of my friends here, they have lived experience which I think I have learned means so much more than someone that has got all the education, but not lived it. So we really appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. And you are now part of our Hue crew. So you're invited anytime, or if you've got something that you want to share with us, we're here every Tuesday at 1130. <laughs> at Thank least you so much. At least, you know, at least until the new year. I mean, I was just said, well, okay, four weeks. Well, that leaves us two weeks left in 2020 and that's Christmas. So <laughs> it's crazy. I know. So we'll see you next week. I think next week, uh, Rana, you just twigged on a real hot issue. I think let's talk about education. Let's talk about the teachers. And I'm sure uh, Kristen and, and Charlotte um, as peer support workers, I mean, they're probably looking for some yes. answer, some conversation yeah so let's uh think about talking about that next week okay so everybody stay safe and healthy okay, take care yes. of tracy nice seeing you rana i know hi guys <laughs> i'm gonna go and uh declutter my uh, dropbox now thank you diana <laughs> <laughs> bye guys Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ilikeq.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. 
Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.